and welcome to another episode of Game Tool 5. My name is Steph and I'm joined, as always, by my Christmassy co-host, Nicola. Nikki. Hello. Yes. Although I suppose we're, we're, we're out of Christmas now, technically. Yes, it's been Christmas. I'm just, I'm could be still in the festive mood. That's true. The time in between like Christmas and New Year's is a very special time, normally, in my opinion, because that's normally the time people have off work. Well, I don't, but some people do. And uh, it's quite, it's a weird time, isn't it? It's like a a weird void. You don't want to let go of Christmas, I think, during this time. You're just clinging on to those last, last food filled days. You're still stuffing your face. Yeah, yeah, there's normally a lot of good leftovers and shit. Mm. Yeah, it's I leftover time is my favorite time. I'm gonna put that out there. I'm Mm. all about the leftovers. Unless you don't have many leftovers, which I feel like I never do because I just eat everything. I do, to be fair. Yeah, I do remember one year going to somebody else's house for Christmas, and it was great because you just kind of turn up and get fed. But the downfall of that is you have no leftovers in your house (laughs) unless you demand them on the way out. Yeah, (laughs) so like. (laughs) <laughs> goody bag me <laughs> give me all the festive treats but yeah this is our last episode of the year yes and in proper tradition i'm calling it tradition now i don't yeah. know how many times we've done this but it's a tradition oh, is that time. we will do our uh top five games that we've played this year um just it's just so happens though that we're now discussing the top five games of the most hellish year that's ever happened in our existence yeah yeah it's definitely be being a being a time i I just i like to think back to to steph and nikki circa (laughs) end of 2019 where we actually did our top five games that we're looking forward to in 2020 and and oh how how i like to think of their innocence and and (laughs) those fools (laughs) they they didn't know what was coming (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i wonder if we sound a lot more like innocent and less harrowed than we do now probably well we're the dark timeline nikki and steph aren't we this is true we've grown our beards uh we're you know lost arms legs i really i like to think that just like in a true community style if anyone's seen seen the scene about the dark timeline where uh Troy enters the room like with the pizza (laughs) I feel like that is exactly how I could summarize like how we were back then so what we would have been when we entered so we we were the uh the evil ones that have experienced the the worst year yeah if you know that that picture of Troy if you that's us looking at this year ahead like if (laughs) if we've gone if we go back in time and tell them what happened and what this year contained that would be their face yeah be pure horror and dread yeah but luckily we did get some good games this year uh, maybe we'll, maybe some of them will appear in our list too yeah and i think it's generally been pretty good game gaming year in terms of we haven't been able to do anything else we may as well get through games i mean i think it's i've true. got through less games this year technically than i did last year however i think i've got through longer games hmm. i sense. Yeah, I'm not really sure, actually, when I th- when I think of it like that. I don't know if I've gotten through more, because to be honest with you, I feel like this year has been a massive sinkhole. And I'm sure some people agree in regards to actually remembering what the fuck happened. It feels like the slowest, yet the shortest year of my life. Like, I think back to the beginning of 2020, and I remember I was in your house, and it was like New Year's Day, 
and I was in the most pain yeah. I've ever been in in my life because I had the worst toothache uh, with like wisdom teeth pain, infection. And uh, but I was determined to have a good time and, and I did to an extent, but, uh, and that was how my year began. And it's just, since then, it's been like the weirdest year ever. And, and I, it, it's so hard to even remember what the fuck happened half, you know, far half yeah. of it. That's true, actually. There's a good point. I think because it's just like since March till now, everything's felt just one giant long day. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah, all no, into sure. one. Like, it felt like March, we had a year, like, but it feels like forever ago. Yeah, I know. Like, it's I'm mad. Old. Like, summer just feels like a lifetime ago. Funny thing is, actually, thinking back to our to our New Year's uh, shindig that we had, we took a Snapchat photo that actually... Uh, imprinted a hat on my head which said make 2020 great again and uh, I think we need to share that because <laughs> maybe it was me guys maybe I did this this is all your fault Colin <laughs> I cursed us I, mean, I did not make it great yeah the selfie this year is gonna be like five feet apart and just miserable faces <laughs> we just should have a com- like combination of them next to each other a bottle of vodka <laughs> <laughs> just make it end cut it out let's just skip forward to 2022 that's gonna be the year well i mean spoiler alert as in our tradition we're also gonna have an episode soon where we talk about our top five games that we look forward to in 2021 <laughs> hopefully it's gonna be a better year but for now we're gonna be chatting about this fuck storm of a year so let's let's get to it all right What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Oh, go. I I quite like the idea of this episode because I kind of feel like it's us putting our middle fingers up to 2020 and being like, bye bitch. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. It's also like, yeah, you were shit, but look, we still had a good time. Yeah, there you go. It's we're we're closing the door on it. Yeah. Um, we should probably mention Beadle actually. Beadle oh, has shit. survived twenty twenty, luckily enough, and is still here. Yeah, he's still going going strong. Um, again, if you've not listened to the podcast before, um, I mean, if you don't talk about our top five lists before we do them, so sometimes there are crossovers. I think this uh, episode there are going to be crossovers. I'm I'm confident in that fact. Oh yeah, for sure. At least yeah. maybe two. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if there are, you will hear the aforementioned beetle. Oh, there he is. Yeah, and he makes that noise. Um, I'm not sure who's going first today. I think I'm gonna say it was me. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. All right. <laughs> That's how I get to go first. Um. This will not be a time where I steal your entire list, I promise. Um, oh, before before we start, it's worth mentioning, for anyone that hasn't been in one of our these lists before, these are the games that we've played in 2020, yes. not that they've come out in 2020. It just happened that we've played them. They could be from 20 years ago. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot about that one. Although, mm-hmm. actually, look at my list. They might be maybe more recent than older. Uh, I've done well this year. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done well. All right then. Well, um, I'm going to kick it off then with my number five, um, and that is the game that I feel like has been taking over my life recently, and that's Genshin Impact. Okay. Um, this, if you haven't seen it, wandering around, um, recently is a free-to-play role-playing game. Um, 
by Miho Yo, which is a Chinese developer, which um it's quite an interesting one because there aren't that many big Chinese developers. And this was like the first mm. uh, type of game I think they made at this scale anyway. Um, so and when, it- you, when you first said that, sorry to interrupt, I thought you were, you were saying this was a game made by me. <laughs> Because you said it quite I slow. I was it. like, shit, Steph made Genshin. And I just didn't tell anybody, guys. It's all me. Queen but, of modesty. Yeah, always doing the things. Um, no, unfortunately, I did not make this. This was made by Mihoyo. I'll say it quicker. I can say it better, quicker <laughs> that time. <laughs> this game seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere. Like, there was no build-up to it. Nothing. And it just appeared in our lives. And now quite a few people I know... I think I've spent far too much time on it. It's mm. one of those games. It eats your life a little bit. Um, if you've not really played it before, it, it's, ha- it's gameplay kind of resembles that of Breath of the Wild quite closely. You're kind of in a big open world. You can climb anything. You come across any mountains. You get like a stamina bar. And if you run out of stamina halfway up that mountain, you're going straight down. Um, but you can glide around and run around it's very breath of the wildy in the way that it plays um but its combat is a little bit more different it's more focused on like team composition and then using elements like fire water and electric against each other um and together and stuff you can do some cool combinations and things like that um so it's just quite a cool little game there's lots of uh lots of missions lots of quests you can do it's definitely a game that you can it's dangerously easy to just keep playing it for like hours on end you do one thing and then another thing opens up and then it's like you can't do this next thing until you're at level 25 and you're like well i'm at level 20 that's only five levels so i'll just keep getting up to that point and you just for some reason you just don't stop you just keep on keep on going yeah uh, yeah. I, yeah i have some thoughts about mention mm. okay and i i think i'm the only one that that differs in this but I really, I really tried to get into Genshin and I did have like a nice wholesome time like when I played it and it's free so I'm not like, I'm not in any way complaining because I didn't pay for it. Um, But I think one of the things that kept me away from it to an extent was the little fairy, is it Paimon? Paimon, yeah. Hater. She is irritating. I'll give you that. Yeah, that that was a repellent for me, and I I think one of the reasons why I, I did really I really wanted to play it because I loved the the co op aspect of it. You know, I'd heard about it, and I played, it and I thought oh, this would be really fun just to like play with everyone, especially this year. Um, but I was a bit uh, disheartened because you have to get up to like quite a high level before you can. Yeah, and I I'm not there, and I think that's why I I think that's why I fell off on it because I was like this is an enjoyable game and it's cute, but there, there's not enough keeping me in it to do it single player. I don't think. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit saddened by that. I hope that maybe they'll change that one day. Yeah, I think that's fair. To be perfectly honest, um, you mentioned co-op, but I think they could do much better at co-op. It, Like you said, it's under quite a high gate. I think it's like level 16 you've got to get to, which you've yeah. got to be playing quite a few hours to get to that. And when you're in co-op, you can do... I've not really played much co-op. I've done a couple of like raidy type trying to attack bosses by jumping in some random co-op stuff during an event. But I actually don't think, like when I've seen certain co-op things, that you really can do much together. It's not got, it's kind of like a half MMO, but it doesn't really do all the nice kind of things that MMOs do, which are like you kind of just jump in, do a bunch of stuff together, then jump out. You know what I mean? Like we've played a bit of Final Fantasy online together and that was kind of fun to run around and do some small things. Like we didn't play it for a lot, but 
it was definitely easier to kind of just jump in together and do things. Uh, whereas this, I don't feel does as well. I mean, I quite like it as a single player mode. I'm not a huge multiplayer person, so I think that's why I don't really mind it so much. Um, but I think, and I remember talking to you about this, when you first start the game, I thought you get to customize your character and make yes, your own oh, person. And was really disappointed that um, you couldn't do that. Gutted. And it was literally just like, do you want to be male or female? And that was it. And I was just a bit like, but look, I mean, I, I get it. Like, you can technically be other characters. Yeah. It's like a Pokemon but for waifus and husbandos. Yeah, exactly. And it's a bit weird. You have to like collect people and it's a little bit strange, but I, and I, and I like the character design. I must admit the fashion and the character design is on point. Yeah. But it just makes me sad that there was no customization because it, it just feels like it would have, it would have changed the game for me. I think, I think I would have stayed in if I could do that, but then that's put to be fair. That's me with most games. I want to be able to make myself in a game. Yeah, I think, you know, I like, I agree with you. It's that kind of, you just like doing it. And I think it's that thing when you think you're going to get that and you don't get that, it kind of kills it a little bit for you. I have to say I had the same reaction and then, and then pushed through and kind of got used to it. And since then, I've really enjoyed it. But yeah, that initial kind of, oh, I can just pick. Fine. And I couldn't even pick outfits. I was like, well, maybe at least I can change my hair later on or pick a different outfit. Um, but like you said, it doesn't really matter because most of the time you don't play as your character, you're given anyway like mickey mentioned you get like waifus and husbandos and um you just kind of collect people and if you like the look of them you can pretty much just play as them the whole time uh it is a free-to-play game so you obviously get the free-to-play monetization techniques in there uh and they're also not like I, I mean obviously monetization and loot box stuff is changing recently with all the legal stuff that's going on so I don't know how long this will stay like this, but at the moment you can't really just buy a character that you like. You have to just wait for it to drop mm. um, from like a loot box thing, which I think is a little bit old fashioned. Like, you know what I mean? Like you should just be able to buy stuff at this point. It is, yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've spent quite a lot of time on it. It's definitely a nice free-to-play game that I've spent a lot of time in. Um, well, that's and it's very it, well yeah. made. And yeah, I am enjoying it a lot. It's It's one of those things like... I think it is great when when developers do do that because it, you know a lot of people then can can play it without having to necessarily invest that first bit of money in, and it also allows you to know that if you're not into it as well. Like I think for me, like I was glad to play it, but I was also kind of like I I don't think it's for me, but I'm yeah. glad that I got to try. That's fair, and I think that's the point. Yeah, it's just a just a fun thing to try it on. Um, uh, to kind of go on to my facts a little bit, obviously it's on, I play on PlayStation, but it's on like PC and mobile. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a game that's doing very, very well. So in two months that it's out on mobile, it made $400 million. Holy shit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's also not including anything on third party Android stores where it's sold, which is most commonly used in places like China. Uh, so they don't have the figures for how much it sold in China, which is, and it's a very popular game over there as well. So I think it outdid Pokemon Go and all those kind of games. Like it's just made a stupid, and that's just on mobile. So that's not counting anything it's made up since it's on PlayStation or PC. Um, it's a really interesting article, but yeah, it just, it's just doing, making a stupid amount of money. So I guess it shows developers that you don't necessarily have to put an upfront charge for your game to it for it to be a success which i mean it's things like apex and for what's fortnite all over isn't it really 
yeah, there's definitely a movement in the industry to make these kind of games where they're free to play games. They are huge, big games. Like there's, you know, like the full, you can play the full game without ever having to buy anything yeah. and have a really good time and literally just not care about anything other than cosmetics as a purchase option and still make a lot of money and still keep people really happy. So it's nice that something like that is working. Nice. But yeah, that's my, I didn't have any of the facts because it's a relatively new game. But um, yeah, it's my number yeah. five. It's hard to find facts with new games. Cool. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, I expected that. Oh, nice. Not that you're predictable or anything, but I, I kind of knew that you'd been enjoying Genshin. <laughs> yeah. And it came out this year and I kind of thought that, yeah. Yeah. I, I assume. It's on my list. I've mentioned it. Okay. So my number five, I don't feel like is a shocking thing at all. This... So I, I thought 2020 would at least be a good year to to dive into a game that I knew that I never normally had time to play because it is such a ginormous game. And I was also unemployed at the beginning of 2020. So this is why I was like, fuck it. I'm going to play this game now. Um, this is my top five. My top five. Yes, this is my top five, everyone. Um, <laughs> We're on that. <laughs> this, this is my number five, which is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Oh, nice. Very cool. So, as you know, like, I think I've mentioned it a couple times in the podcast. I think the only time I brought up Witcher in anything was for, like, uh, music or a song or something. And I know that you've spoken about it before in the past. So I won't go, like, too, too heavy into, into Witcher stuff. But it came out in 2015, so I'm exactly five years late nice. to The Witcher. Which... I, I knew I was late. Like, I remember everyone would always say about how much that Witcher 3 was amazing and everything like that. And, and I just kind of ignored them and was like, meh. I, I didn't like, yeah, I, I remember I, I used to watch, uh, I think it was like an ex-partner or something had it. And I, I'd see it on the TV and I, I was just never bothered about it. I was just like, meh. Yeah. I didn't want to play as this 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 man, this random man. Yeah, who just great dead man. Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He sits in a bath and things. I was like, eh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think I heard so much about it that I was like, fuck it, like let's let's do it. And and I really really loved it, and it was perfect for that time for me to just play a game that is so bloody ginormous. Um, so give it like a little bit of background. It was developed and published by CD Projekt Red, obviously now famed for Cyberpunk, and uh, was was based on the. <laughs> the Witcher series of fantasy novels written by Andrzej Sapowski and it is the sequel to the other Witcher games that came before. Uh, it takes place in like a random fantasy world and you control Geralt of Rivia. Very handsome. Oh, Geralt. Don't know if charismatic is the word, but he's a he's a, a lad. <laughs> what a description of Geralt. Yeah, he's a total lad. He's a monster slaying lad for hire. Um, who is is going in search of of his uh, missing adopted daughter? So a lot of people here probably have also watched the TV show, which which may, has made The Witcher a lot more popular. In fact, I have to admit, like that was one of the reasons why I decided to play the game was because I watched the TV show and I loved it. Um, which I fuck it, like I'm just gonna. I know that I'm one of those. I'm one of those that watches a movie and then goes to, proceeds to read the books that came before them and whatever. I may not always be that original person that was like down with it beforehand, but at least yeah. I can admit it. I mean, that's fair. Like some people will have, you know, will have done exactly the same and gone to back to the original source material. Some people have played, I've never read any of the original books for The Witcher, um, mm -hmm. but and I've played the games. So, you know, I'm the same. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Now. I think for me, 
you know, I, it completely boosted the sales. I remember reading about how the TV show, like everyone, as soon as like people were watching it, they just went straight to to The Witcher Three, and it really did boost sales and things, which which mm -hmm. is fine. Like, I think for me, I didn't realize that The Witcher had such an incredible story behind it, which. I know it's obvious because there's books and stuff and normally when there's a book involved there's a lot of lore but it it just really compelled me and I just really wanted to know know yeah. more so yeah that's kind of my yeah. journey as to to how I I interacted with it yeah but to be fair to you like I don't think the books were a well-known thing when the game came out originally you know what I no. mean like the games and stuff I think anybody who was really into the witcher knew about the books and you know talk about but within mm -hmm gaming community it wasn't a widely known thing uh, you know outside of poland that the witcher books were a thing i don't you know personally i yeah. didn't hear of them before i i remember funnily enough and and i the, the first game must have come out quite a while ago it must have done because i remember yeah, as a kid my brother i remember had he had like a box which i think was the pc game because you know how pc games used to come in a box um or something like that of like they the did. witcher one I missed those boxes yeah and i remember seeing it once because i'd often play a lot of his old games for better or worse i i just find them and i remember looking at that one when i was very young and just being like <laughs> that nah, <it> looks boring <laughs> <laughs> 20 years later or whatever or like sorry probably like 15 years later i'm just like yes it's the best it's on my list so you know yeah. it just shows you that you can change i mean yeah like i, I was a child things you thought wouldn't be interesting as a kid now you find really interesting like that's just that's just time of age that just happens so basically to summarize my brother is way cooler than i am so should i get him for the for the podcast yeah i think i want to replace you with your brother yes please <laughs> um although apparently the the first witcher game did actually come out in 2007 so actually i wasn't that young no. i am more ashamed of myself now <laughs> we're about 16 oh well well you oh, well. live and learn it's fine <laughs> So um, anyway, I've completely gone on a massive divergent. The game itself <laughs> has typical RPG elements. Um, obviously, like you level up, you do action stuff, you purchase equipment, you do general things, lots of quests, stuff, a yeah. ton of quests. Oh, shit, I, re quests. I remember I was so overwhelmed by how many like map areas there were and how many question marks there were all over the map. When I started to play, I was like, holy shit, are these all quests? Obviously, like some of them go from like minor to bigger quests. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, they were they were all like decent quests. I think that's the one great thing about The Witcher was was the side quests were just on point. They were really good quality. Yeah, definitely. That was my favorite point. Um, part of The Witcher Three is that you can do a side quest and get just as deep and cool a story as a main main story quest. It's very yeah. well done. It doesn't feel like go here, pick up this letter. And bring it back to me. You know what I mean? Like just I'm just running across the map for no reason. It was yeah, like that which is was why I didn't get into Skyrim fully because I just felt like it was someone was like, "Hey, bring me three apples," and I was like, "All oh, right, fucking hell," you know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, you know, I was interested by a lot of the side characters, the story, and mm -hmm. and it, it was really cool. And like I said, it was just that perfect thing to sink my teeth into, and it's beautiful as well. It was a really stunning game. Yeah. So and well. Also the female characters in it were amazing as well. I, you know, I love Yennefer. Trish is all right. Um, Siri is is amazing, and yeah, it just has really cool character development and and everything like that. It's just just a good old time. So I would, if you haven't checked out The Witcher Three and you're into RPGs and you're a bit sort of like, mm, I don't know if I like that monster hunting lad with white hair. Honestly, give it a go. Yeah, I think that's a really good um, 
good way to look at it because it was definitely something that even though I picked it up um, earlier than you, it definitely wasn't something that I naturally was drawn to. I think I ended up playing it because uh, I was doing my master at the time, so everyone in the uh, our like office group was was playing it, and I was just like, you know what, I'll try it. Um, and then, like you said, it opens up, and you're like, oh, it's not naturally something you pick up and go, yeah, this looks like a great time, but actually, it's fantastic. Yeah. So I, I have some facts. <laughs> I say some. So turns out from from doing my trivia, and I did know this a bit, like this was something that I kind of picked up throughout the game, is like, you know, kind of like Easter eggs and references. Mm-hmm. There is a fuck ton of them. And I literally could make an essay out of every single thing that they've done. I have still picked a few and I'm going to go through them. Nice. Um, so apparently at one point in the game, there is uh, someone who is yelling wah wah wee wah which is a reference to Borat um (laughs) uh, there is also an achievement for winning horse races called Fast and Furious which obviously you know there's a master blacksmith named Totoro which is a reference to the person who makes blades for the bride and Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill and you'll like this one in the Blood and Wine expansion you'll battle with a guy named Mancomb Seepgood referring to Guybrush Threepwood from Monkey Island amazing uh, oh, in addition, you'll later also learn that these pirates duel by hurling insults at each other to win. Throughout the world, you'll sometimes hear peasants say, war, it never changes, which is a reference to Fallout, which is pretty cool. There's also a lot of Game of Thrones Easter eggs in the game, which which I appreciate mm. and I like, because obviously I feel like in any kind of fantasy game, like a lot of people do often take things from, from the Game of Thrones. Obviously, it's a big fantasy book that's been going on for, for decades, uh, which is apparently you can find Tyrion Lannister's dead body, which is oh. odd. I never, never found that. Uh, there's also a chance that when you're fighting bandits, uh, someone will yell, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled elderberries, yeah, which is amazing. obviously a reference to the French God and the Holy Grail. Um, and a, a reference that I liked, lastly, to end, is another Game of Thrones one, which to me was so prominent when I met this character. I was like, this is no way like not taken from that. And it really confused me because I thought it was the same voice actor. But the character, the Bloody Baron, bears like amazing resemblance to Robert Baratheon from George R. R. Martin's series, The Song of Ice and Fire. I can't remember the actor's name himself. Um, it just happens to be an amazing kind of like, I don't know if it's an homage, because it's almost an homage to not only the character Robert Baratheon, but the guy who plays Robert Baratheon. I can't think of what came first. But, you know, both of them are former warriors who fell miserably at being good leaders. They are like raging alcoholics and tend toward physical violence and shouting, a lot of shouting. Um, and they've alienated their wives and children due to their behavior. And and there's like barons, keepers full of stags, girls and antlers and, and that kind of thing. So obviously his house is is the stag. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought I thought that was cool. I liked that. There's a hell of a lot more, but that's just some of the ones that I picked out. Nice. Um, another interesting fact as well, actually, is that apparently the author of the books signed an agreement when CD Projekt Red acquired the rights to his novel to make the game. But he and the agreement opted for a one-time payment rather than reoccurring royalty payments under the assumption that the game wouldn't be very popular. Wow. Like, obviously he was very wrong. And I kind of feel bad for him in that regard. But the Netflix series, he had a hand in. So I'm hoping that he's managed to kind of... Yeah, because I was when I read that I was like shit. Um, and also just another random pointless fact is that if you fall off a cliff in the game, there's a very rare chance of hearing the Wilhelm scream, which we've spoken Aww. about a few times. So. Man, I love it when they just throw in the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> I know. Every time I hear it now, it's just like oh, it's that again. Yeah. 
so yeah that's it that's my number five is the witcher three nice yeah that's a cool one i totally forgot that you played that this year but of course yeah i know how much you loved it um i've spoken about it so awesome nice nice number five um right i'm on to number four so my number four is a game i am currently playing at the moment which is ghost of tsushima yes uh this is an action adventure game by sucker punch studios and it came out this year I think early this year. Uh, I was following it for a while and I was just so excited when it came out, but I've only just got around to actually playing it. But it's just been so good. I've just really, it's just one of those games where I'm just instantly into it and I want to do everything and I want to explore everything. Uh, it's an open world game. So I am running around on my horse. I get a horse. I named my horse. His name is Nobu and he's amazing. Um, he's really cute. Uh, and you call him over and you just jump on him. He's just a typical good horse lad. Um, we're just calling everyone lads today. Good um, lad. Good lad. <laughs> like I said, it's an open world game set on uh, Tsushima Island, surprisingly, because Tsushima, um, during the first Mongol invasion of Japan, uh, set around, I think it was like the 12th century, sometime in that time. Uh, you play as a samurai, Jin Sukai. Basically, your job is to go around protecting the island and killing Mongolians. That's pretty much what you spend all of your time doing but it's really fun um it's one of those games where it's not there's lots of like little sword techniques it feels very much like you're a samurai you're not kind of just hacking and slashing all the time you've got to think a little bit like certain moves and stances that you get work better against certain enemies so you've kind of got to think a little bit you can also be sneaky if you want to and be a bit more ninjury based um i'm not i'm terrible at being sneaky I'm so bad. Any game that makes me be sneaky, I just go, nope, I can't do it. Luckily, this game... (laughs) The pressure is too much. I know. Luckily, this game kind of gives you the option to do it or not do it in most circumstances. So I just run in. I'm just going. I find a giant camp and I stride on in. You can do this really cool thing called a standoff, which is basically where you, uh, like, typical samurai fight where you stand there with your hand on your sword and wait for the other person to run at you and then you can like instantly press a button and smush them uh it just looks really cool when you do it and you feel amazing what if the other guy is doing a standoff though well they can't they can't they're kind of doing it with you does that, that make sense an NPC, so they're doing it so the idea is it's like whoever goes first loses you've got to time it right like but they're not so silly of the npcs because surely they're just like they know they know that they're gonna die if they run at you that's why i like the idea of both people having a standoff because effectively you could just be stood there for an hour just staring into the truth other's eyes well that's what i mean it is so he stands there um, oh the npc stands there and waits for it but they also faint sometimes so they pretend like they're gonna run at you and they don't and if you go when they do that they like almost kill you in one hit oh i like that okay yeah. cool i thought it was just that the enemies were running at you all the time and you just stand there no 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 no. so you both you have a standoff so it's like both of you are standing there um and waiting for to go oh, that's quite, quite intelligent intense. yeah no this is what i mean so the fighting in it isn't just you can just go in and kill everyone instantly like you become more powerful as you go along but it's definitely like you've got to think a little bit and move and dodge and stuff it's it's good fun um it's probably one of the prettiest games I've played this year. In fact, I think it is. It's beautiful. Um, and it won Best Art Direction, actually, recently at the Game Awards, which is oh. really cool. Uh, it just looks... You just I just ride around that island, the way that it looks. 
and it's all always obviously in japan so it's all japanese and it's just lovely and yeah i'm just super into it at the moment it's good fun yeah i think it's on my list to play like eventually i don't know when i'll get it probably when it's a lot cheaper in price um but it, it looks like a really good game i know that that was on your games that you were looking forward to wasn't it yeah i like i said i followed it since it got announced um because i just really liked the way that it looked and it just looked really interesting and different and um maybe it's not quite as different as i thought but it is still a really good game mm. and really fun i like it when things come full circle yeah managed to kind of finish up that thing which is always nice um but yeah it's it's been really fun um and there's some really cool characters in there you you can kind of get and follow um you kind of get a couple people to follow you around and they're generally so you know it's a typical thing that you get a really good voice acting cast and everyone's mm. just just fun to go and talk to people um and do these missions for them kind of help everybody out go slice some people up um yeah it's just really good um to my facts um i've got a couple of facts actually um one of which when we're talking about um characters one of the characters is a female samurai uh called Musako. she's a really cool old badass lady samurai um she just doesn't give a fuck and i love her uh she, but i found out um that they based her off like true history so apparently in the 12th century there were female samurai who oh, fought awesome. and trained along with the male members of their family these were known as i'm not going to say this right so i'm sorry um one bugesha which basically translate apparently to women warriors um oh, that's so cool one of them was quite famous it was like tomato gozen she apparently was a really fierce swordswoman who fought rival clans around the same kind of time so they think masoko was probably based on her um she's just really cool she's a really cool lady um and i read a spoiler earlier so i won't share that fact um <laughs> okay. but yeah look at the facts but there's a little fact but she's just awesome i'm really enjoying her um so my other one is Sucker Punch. We'll talk about Easter eggs on your one. This one's got some more Easter eggs in there. Sucker Punch, um, other games are Sly Cooper and Infamous. So there are two uh, Easter eggs based on these games. So there's a sword kit called a Sly Tanuki, which Sly is a um, a raccoon character. Uh, tanuki, as Nikki will tell you, is a Japanese raccoon dog. Is that right? Yes, yeah. that's right. Um, Not actually a raccoon. No. A different kind of creature but it's uh dressed up like him so it's a blue and yellow hilted blade uh with a furry gray striped like raccoon tanuki tail on it which uh sly cooper wears black not black wears blue and yellow sorry uh and it's like a raccoon creature which is cool um cool. and then the other one is that you can get a headband um of second son the infamous game um oh, and it right. basically resembles like a beanie with the top cut off because that's what the main character in Second Son wears. And my final fact is that um, there's a mode um, when you start the game, you can set things in different modes, which is cool. Not It doesn't relate to difficulty so much, um, I think, but it also, this one relates just to the way that it looks. It's called uh, Kurosawa Mode, which is named after the Japanese director Akira Kurosaka, uh, who basically, when you turn that mode on, it turns the video game into a grainy black and white film looking thing which basically recreates his uh style of the his seven samurai film so that kind of famous japanese film it kind of feels a bit like that which is really cool apparently yeah. in order to get his name uh and permission to use it in the game they sent his estate 
the game in advance to see if they'll play it. And they, apparently they played it and really liked it. So they gave their blessing. So it is officially a Kurosawa mode, which is nice. Oh. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just a really good game. They did. They feel like they did a lot of research. They're obviously an uh, American studio, but um, I know they did a lot of research into Japan's culture and the history at the time. So it feels quite well done, if that makes sense. It's just a really yeah. nice game. From what I've seen of it, it does look amazing. And I just take photos all the time. I'm not a big <laughs> photo taker in games, but this one, I'm just like, oh God, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's hard not to kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, cool. that's my number four. All right. Well, speaking of Sly Raccoon Tanuki, mm. my number four is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh! <laughs> it's a crossover. It is a crossover. I expected oh. this to be way higher in your list. Nah. I, I think it's not higher just because, like, not to, like, shit on Animal Crossing or Nintendo or anything, but, like, it's a great game. But, like, compared to, like, some of the ones that I've got higher up, it's, you know, it, it's got me through. It's, it's a fantastic yeah. little adorable game that has helped me through, and a lot of other people through the pandemic. And uh, and it's it's great, but yeah, I I it's firmly sitting at number four right now. Fair, fair enough. But we have spoken about this game many yeah. many times. We did a whole fucking special on it. Yeah. And uh, and we yeah we we speak about it all the time. So I'm not gonna like tell you too much about it. If you don't know what Animal Crossing is, it's just a game. It's a cute game where you get to go to an island and bring villagers there and make a house and make it all nice like a, a virtual doll house with with cute shit going on and a, a raccoon that wants to break your knees yeah good old loan shark so i didn't prepare anything for this one um yeah. i just wanted to say that you know through the pandemic especially when it came out which was did it come out in april march it really came out in march just the end of march just as we were hitting the start of um the pandemic yeah. I never played an Animal Crossing game. I, I tried when I was younger to play, I think, I don't know what one I tried to play because my mum had a DS and, and she had it on there and I, I didn't get into it. I didn't like it. And then I tried to play Animal Crossing on the phone. I didn't like it. And so when this came out, you know, I, I really wasn't sure. I just thought, fuck it, I'm buying it. I'm I'm in a bit of a hole right now. The world is going to shit. Mm -hmm. Like, and I watched some trailers and I was like, this does actually look really cool. I feel like I can get into this now. I feel like now we're kind of like, Animal, animal, animal horizons. Animal Crossing is kind of like going to be on like an upper tier of games now in the way that what you can do. I was like, fuck it. Even if it's just collecting and building, I'm, I'm doing it. And it won me over completely, and I, I absolutely adore it. And it's just, yeah, it's kept my mental state in a in a very good place. If I'm ever feeling down, I go and play Animal Crossing. And uh, especially now in like the winter, the winter mode, it's really lovely and cute. Yeah, you could build snowboys as they're called. <laughs> Which okay. I I don't understand. You know, we're in 2020. I'd rather you called them snow people than snow boys. Like yeah. when I think of the term snow boys, I just think of like, hey, snow boys, like <laughs> or like exactly. snow boys, or like wh why are they not? If they're not, if they're going to be snow boys, why are they not snow men? Like, just tell yeah. me, Nintendo. I don't understand. Snow boys is a really odd, odd direction for them to go. I don't know. I've not really played much since it's been snowing, but um, that is odd. It's. I know. I really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to understand their direction, but um, 
I yeah I mean that's that's really kind of like my my thing behind it I just kind of want to explain why I I think it's been great and I know that it's it's made a lot of people's lives feel somewhat I don't know what the word is is whether it's kind of hmm, it's a nice escape this game yes exactly when it needed to they've said like the reason they think it did so well is just timing like the pandemic being on lockdown start of lockdown it just hit like it was just a perfect storm and it was just the game that was needed at that time it was and it it kind of like gave me a bit of a schedule like i'd wake up in the morning you know when i was on this is again because i was unemployed at the beginning you know i couldn't really go outside very much i would wake up and have my breakfast and i would play animal crossing and like that would be my day yeah and uh although that sounds somewhat like soul destroying it wasn't it wasn't and pe- celebrities are playing it too i mean like it's not really a fact but elijah wood visited a random ladies island and that caused a big stir there was some drama there because he was like because he, he was looking for turnips on twitter and, and asked if he could visit someone with high turnip prices and a, a guy was like yeah like you can come visit mine and he went over there and everyone was like fucking hell i mean like danny trey who plays it you know there's like animal crossing talk shows now um it's mad mental yeah and i know it's it's disintegrated now a lot of people don't really play it but i think for me it's always going to be one of those games that's i i just pick up if i want to just be cozy or something yeah i think that's fair i mean at the time we were all about the turnip prices that's Mm -hmm. all we did for a good month was visit each other's island and just go mental about turnip prices and i think the rest of the gaming community was with us a little bit too that and tiger king meth tigers i mean that's all we had oh yeah but at that time but i mean you've taken my number three so do you not have any facts at all oh no i've got i've got some other facts too but they're pretty shit facts because i feel like we've done a lot of facts but obviously you can talk about this however long you want but one of the the facts relates to the koalas of of animal crossing and Mm -hmm. uh and, and in particular melba so melba is actually an adorable koala and i think i I don't think I've ever got the chance to have Melba yet. I would take Melba on my island if I could. Um, there's also Alice, Faith, Ozzy, and, and the one that I kicked off my island as soon as I could. Uh, can't even remember their name, to be quite frank with you. Oh, I remember his face. It was it was a it was a her actually. Oh, um, I don't think she, she was named after somewhere in Australia. Um, I I, I can't, maybe the Canberra. That's it. Yeah, fuck Canberra. Um, but the other koalas are quite nice. Ozzy is a cool guy. Anyway, my fact is that Melba got the nickname Coco Crunch because of a cereal mascot in Malaysia that looks a lot like Melba. Nice. Pointless fact. Love a pointless fact. Pointless fact's great. Don't know if we spoke about this fact before, but the fact that the game is banned in China. Yeah, this was the only fact I found that I thought was really interesting due to supernatural depictions Mm, like the wisp i was like what does that mean that there's no other game or anything like that in china that has supernatural depictions probably not i mean they get i mean they don't get a lot of games um really released because a lot of games get banned before they go over there for for whatever reasons and i can't remember what the actual official thing is that clear them but yeah quite a lot of games get banned in china it's, it's even mad here at this point in my fact where the uh, New Horizons, because it was never cleared for, for distribution anyway, but it, the game was selling on the grey market 
um it was then actually taken out of the gray market whatever the fuck the gray market is um because it was discovered that players were using the custom patterns to feature spread anti-ccp and pro hong kong messages and stuff so yeah. shit is going down on animal crossing you think that you know with a lovely game like animal crossing i mean i've just you, the fact that you'd be like selling it on the black market like, i mean insane. yeah i don't know we visited jesse's island that's true shit can get pretty dark but yeah. most of the time it's a lovely place yeah um and it, and i can't believe yeah I, I can't believe that at any point it's on any kind of black market but then <laughs> we should not get into politics right now yeah but i just thought it was interesting it's, it's so interesting yeah the fact that you can't play it in china i'm sorry china i'm mm-hmm. sorry China just doesn't get things sometimes uh, the only other fact that I, I have, which I, to be honest with you, I don't understand. I may, I'm mainly bringing it up to ask you a question. So apparently the previous characters from the game, so I know you've played some of the games, yeah. um, which Chip, Nat and Joan were then replaced by CJ Flick and Daisy May. Apparently Daisy May is Joanne's granddaughter. CJ is Chip's son and Flick may be related to Nat. There's some guy called Wendell, but he got, apparently got cut. And now carpets are sold by Sahara. Who the fuck are these people, Steph? I mean, you're asking the wrong person, really, because I only <laughs> played one old one. And I can even probably play it very often. I was just sad that Rossetti's not properly on this island, um, who's the little mole man. But yeah, some of the Animal Crossing lore and people just go way over my head. The only one I had, and I think we spoke about this briefly on um, on our full uh, Animal Crossing episode, was the um, the seagull. That washes up on the beach. Oh yeah. There's things about him being a alien, and that he has a ship because on one of the animal right. things he like crashes his ship and you have to give him components, um, similar to when he washes up on your beach and you have to give him components. Um, they think he's actually an alien. Mm. That was the only one I know about any info. So I've had a quick Google, mm-hmm. and I love how I brought this fact in just to be like, Steph, who the fuck are these people? But Jill Joan. I'm fucking glad it's not in the game. Joan is absolutely terrifying. Joan is, like? is not someone that I'd want to bump into when walking around Happy Island. Oh my god, yeah, Joan. Those eyes. <laughs> so Those eyes, Joan. Just to tell you what we're looking at, it's a boar. So I think Daisy May, but not like cute not pig. Cute. Full <laughs> boar. So she's got tusks. Let's go full boar. <laughs> She's got tusks, but her eyes, her eyes are like star pans. It's the eyes. And her nose is like way further down than I feel like it should be. Joan looks like she's been sniffing the turnips and not making them. Yeah. Yeah, she spent too much time digging around in the dirt, hasn't she? (laughs) Oh, poor Joan. I mean, I guess that's why she's not in it. She's resting. Wow, I just, I just, because I typed in like Joan... Um, it came up with Animal Crossing Joan dead. Uh-huh. Oh. It says, <laughs> it says Joan, the 70-plus-year-old turnip saleswoman, is dead. Apparently <laughs> someone spotted a tombstone in the Animal Crossing Direct. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just oh, had shit. silence for me then. I mean, we've, I mean I'm, just, I'm just astounded. That one fact someone who spotted a tombstone in the back of a direct, like, dark enough. I then also felt terrible because we've just been bad-mouthing this dead pig. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joan. Rest what in peace. What is happening? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on. the other people? Let's so, go to them. 
there's somebody called Nat who I fucking love because they're a chameleon. Oh, I guess yeah. Flick is a chameleon. Is Flick a chameleon? Yeah, Flick no, is a chameleon, right? sort of, but not really. She doesn't look like a proper chameleon, whereas Nat looks like a proper chameleon, which I'm into. I'm into Nat. Uh, bring back Nat, everyone. That's cute. And uh, and Chip just looks like CJ, so that's not that exciting. So that's pretty much it. We uh, we found out who Chip, Nat, and Jonah. Wait, Chip doesn't Jonah's look that much like CJ. Chip looks like CJ's dad, special cousin. Oh, okay. <laughs> let me let me take a quick look at CJ. Like compare CJ, him, sorry, Chip. Compare them two together. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You can imagine him just being like, he just says whatever comes to his mind and then CJ just has to be a bit like, I'll just ignore him. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to go fishing with, with Chip. I also feel like in. he accidentally like cut me with those teeth that he's got coming out of his face. Yeah. They look very sharp and very big. Yeah, I reckon he'd like accidentally murder you with those and then just push you out to sea. <laughs> and pretend it never happened. Maybe he killed Joan. <gasps> he blatantly murdered Joan. There you go, you heard it here first, guys. Poor Joan. We were so mean to Joan. We, we can't say poor Joan. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Now I know she's dead. I feel bad. Mm. I feel like Daisy May is never going to come to our islands now. No, that's it. We're banned from turnips. So anyway, <laughs> those are my Moving facts. On. Uh, yeah, nice. Well, yeah, so Animal Crossing was going to be my next one at number three. Um, I think I was going to be able to say the same as you. It's just there's not much to say about it. We've said it all in our special, so if you want to hear our opinions on Animal Crossing, please go check that out. Um, otherwise, we'll just continue to talk shit about Joan. <laughs> Do you want to um, put anything in place of your number three? Um, or do you wanna... Sure, I have a lot of uh, honourable mentions, so let's just let's pick one from there. One, yeah. um, oh, you know what, actually, I wanted to talk about um, that I played this year was the Uncharted series. I did all of them. I'd never played them before. Wow. Um, so I just ran through all four of them, like back to back. Um, I'm not sure which one was my favourite. I really liked the number two. I mm-hmm. think I know that's supposed to be kind of the main one. I know everyone loved four, and I don't know whether it was just because I was a bit burnt out at that point with the whole saga, but it wasn't as my favorite. I think it was a, sometimes a little too uh, cinematic. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't much running around doing stuff. It was quite a lot of cutscenes going yeah. on in it. Um, it's been but a long it was time a really- since I like played four, so I can't really remember. I remember it was very beautiful. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful game. It was really well done. Um, it was a lot of fun to play. Uh, and, like, technically, it looked really good. I did really enjoy it. It wasn't a bad game by any sense of me. But, yeah, I think 2 was probably my favourite in terms of, like, where they were and the story and what was happening and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Like I said, I'd never really played them because I didn't own... I didn't really own a PlayStation 3. I had one for a bit in Canada, but kind of got it late and then we only really had it for the year that we were there we only played multiplayer yeah we pretty much just played whatever games you had and i think we played uncharted multiplayer very briefly yeah we um did. yeah uh like i said i never really played them i was more a tomb raider person so i think to me this felt quite similar just without a woman um 
but I'm glad I played them. They were really fun and I did really enjoy them. Uh, there's a lot of humor and nice stuff and I get the yeah. hype about them now and Nolan North and all of that kind of stuff. So it's good. And now I'm prepared when the movie comes out next year. But I have a very important question. Mm. You've played all four of them, but have you played Lost Legacy? No. So that's the only one I haven't played. Well, I have it on disc, so you can have it. Well, there we go. I'm going to borrow that one. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's standalone and you follow Chloe um, and another character, Nadine, I think. And uh, to be honest with you, it's it's like a fantastic thing to play if you're not quite done with it yet. And, and it goes into it a bit more and also another character which i won't spoil but it's it's very very cool and it's really nice to be able to kind of follow another character in the universe and learn a little bit more about chloe as well so yeah i'll, I'll lend it to you it's, it's a good play awesome yeah i will look forward to that because yeah they all the characters that was probably the the high point was just they did characters so well like sully like you said and chloe um yeah and everyone yeah it was just fun so i'm glad i did that that was my thing i got through um so yeah, yeah. that could be my number three okay so on to my number three. Mm-hmm. My number three is a game that came out this year. So I am on point. Uh, but it's also a game that I talked about in my looking forward to in 2020, which is cool, which I, I'm glad that I, I actually did play it and I enjoyed it, which is Tell Me Why. Oh, so nice. it is an episodic narrative adventure game developed by Don't Nod Entertainment and published by Xbox Game Studios. It was free on Game Pass. I think it still is. Um, I'm really surprised that they've just released it straight free onto great onto Game Pass. I I think that that was a very cool thing to do because I didn't have very much money at this point, but I was like, yes, I'm I'm doing this. So basically, you play as two twins, Alison and Tyler, who revisit their old family home together after like a little bit of separation, and you delve into the events that occurred in their childhood and kind of like un unwind this story. You you revisit like parts of the old home with both of them. But it's interesting because you kind of get to experience it as separate visions and memories of what transpired with each twin having like different recollections of what happened, which I think is a really interesting thing to, to talk about anyway, because obviously like, especially with memories and growing up, often things get twisted or you don't remember them fully. And 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 so that was a really cool mechanic to kind of, to be able to storytell in that way, because you weren't sure what was the right one. And in some ways you never really are, which I think is a lot like life, to be honest. Um, you then also make decisions for the pair based on which version of past events to believe and that kind of impacts the the outcome but it's it's really cool it feels you know you get life is strange vibes because obviously it's don't nod which is the same people that were behind life is strange so obviously there's no square enix involved but they they absolutely nail it there's there's amazing character development there's like just this cozy feeling that you get from like those kind of life is strange don't nod mm-hmm. games where you just feel so encompassed in that world and so warm and fuzzy and just so intrigued as well there's always so much awesome conversation and kind of mystery involved mm-hmm. and uh have you played it i have not no i'm i think i've only really played the first like a strange one i've not even played the second one or this mm-hmm. one i've heard lots of good well, things they're on my list yeah it's it's really it's probably at this point because it is based in kind of like a slowy snowy like alaska kind of area it's probably quite a cool like winter game to play now Mm. um it's kind of got those kind of like snowy vibes it's it's really nice it's it's not really long i i mean i churned it out as soon as each episode came out they came out like weekly so it was three episodes 
weekly and that, and i quite enjoyed that i think a lot of people got pissed off about life is strange taking so long for each episode yeah but this this one felt quite nice and and although it felt like a short journey it was a really it was a really cool journey to go on no it's not cool so i think one of the best things about it as well is its representation which kind of goes into my facts and it's just going to be like an info drop and, and facts all in one but basically the game is set in in Delos Crossing which is a fictional place mm-hmm. but it's kind of based around like Alaska area um and it's it's home to the Tinglet which is a tribe that actually exists oh, nice. in Alaska and surrounding areas so they've kind of incorporated it within the game um which, which i think was really really amazing because it's kind of at the forefront but not only that they're not just kind of using it as, as a as a thing to say oh look at us they the like the team from tell me why commissioned artisans and designers from these actual communities um and spoke to Tingle people to bring their cultural knowledge and decades of like artistic experience to the game so a lot of the like the tinglet sort of um uh like totem poles and art and things like that are all from from like from actually them and they so they traveled to these places they spoke to all these people and they actually commissioned the art from these people uh, and they worked with and partnered with huna heritage foundation to inform like many other aspects of the game including just like the area the atmospheric sounds the the tinglet language spelling and kind of like information on customs and, and oh, things like cool. that like they yeah they, they went all in and it was really good like i think that's the best way to do it like i, I don't want it to be used as a trope but if you're going to use it, bring information and use these people to work with you to to really give good representation. Yeah, it's it's that typical like whole political argument of like appropriation versus um, support and appreciation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. And so that was really nice because like you know I felt like I was learning a lot about it and it, it felt respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think maybe a lot of games haven't done right. Um, but yeah, they, they did that really well. Um, and also the other thing as well is that there is a very big plot line in the game of the fact that one of the characters, Tyler Ronan, is a transgender male. Mm. And so they are going through that journey. And they, well, they have been going through it. You kind of get to see them in the past, you right. know, when they were young, going yeah. through that, experiencing it all, which is which was a really interesting plot point. But also didn't feel like it was just being used as a trope either um, mm-hmm. mostly because they they were uh, well they were the first transgender playable character in any major studio to be in a game which was wow. i think really groundbreaking yeah um, they cool. also worked with glad which i can't remember what that stands for um but they they use that they spoke to them to sort of make an authentic representation of the trans experience and what it's like for someone to go through it mm-hmm. and tyler was also voiced by august aiden black who is a trans man and in addition to the, the work they did with that organization to ensure that it was an authentic representation, um, August actually made significant contributions to the dialogue oh, and cool. during like recording sessions provided edits to the script. If you felt like it was a bit, a certain moment didn't quite do the, the story justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, he was really invaluable as well. And I think, again, that is the perfect way to do something like that. Um, yeah. So they, they nailed it on the head. And honestly, I feel like tell me why is kind of a perfect example of how I think games should go forward with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think the fact that they did it was awesome. The fact that how they did it was awesome. And I, I just think, yeah, it was, it was just a good game all over, but then also those little, those little parts of it, I think made it really special. Yeah, no, that does sound really cool. Like, and it just sounds really interesting as well, like in the game in general, and it doesn't feel like, like you were saying it's not just these things are just thrown in there to make 
random interesting plot points they're just like we just want to make interesting characters and different characters mm-hmm. and make sure people are feeling represented but it feels like they did a really good job with that so yeah i definitely will yeah. check it out um especially on game pass um i keep meaning to get game pass back soon so i just can blast through a bunch of games and stuff on there so yeah. i will put that one on my list for sure it's really hard to find facts on this game as you can imagine because i was mm-hmm. typing into google tell me why video game facts tell me why <laughs> video game trivia and i was not i was not getting anything so yeah that that's why that's quite a factless game unfortunately that's okay Some i think the things you brought were pretty factual yeah. yeah they were cool they were cool and it, it's yeah I, I i can't say anything more about this game it's just it's just great nice so awesome. yeah Okay, cool. Uh, on to my number two then. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number two um, is not, I think the first game, not from this year, uh, but not that old. It is God of War, the 2018 version. Okay, so nice. I uh, I finally got around to playing this. And again, it wasn't something that I was instantly drawn to, um, but now I've played it, it was just, it was really good. I really enjoyed this game uh it is uh if you don't know a little bit about it it's a action adventure game uh it's done by sony and santa monica studios uh i found it's in the eighth installment of god of war series i didn't realize how many there god of war so games many. there had been i think i missed god of war a little bit i don't because again i think they were mostly on playstation 3 i think mm. there were some on PlayStation 2 i just missed that kind of movement and so this is the first one i played but it's like a reimagined version. It's not similar to the ones that came before it. But I'm really glad that they did it. It felt, again, kind of like what we were saying about Ghost of Shima. It's not a hack and slash game. It's more of a kind of, there's lots of mechanics. You can't just run in and try and kill things. You've got to kind of think about what you're fighting and try different stuff and try different effects. Like, I love throwing my axe. So instead of his normal kind of uh, two blades that he gets... In the other games, he has just this axe that he throws around, and it's just so much fun throwing that thing. Um, it's just really good. And it's set in Norse mythology rather than Greek mythology, like the older games. And I really like Norse mythology. Um, it's one of those things that I find really fascinating. There's just lots of, similar to Greek mythology, really, where they've both got really deep, interesting gods um, who have personalities and almost feel kind of human to them, the way the stories go. And I think Norse does this as well, and it's really and they kind of lean on that a lot so there's a lot intertwined in there there are so many facts and so much deep stuff uh that i'm not going to get into on this podcast because it just goes on forever but if you wanted to like look at all the different characters names and stuff like that because that's another thing part of the plot a little bit is involved in who certain characters are and what names they have so i can't really talk about it too bad but they are all in there and they will have stories and they will kind of connect which is really interesting um but the plot in general is so it's set a few years quite a few years after kratos has defeated the olympian gods in his world and he now lives uh with his son atreus in the ancient scandinavian realm of midgard and basically the game starts with you uh cremating your dead wife um and i don't know why i laughed haha jeff um i think it was a nervous it was like a nervous laugh because it's like oh no no. um so so it starts with you kind of doing that and you take atreus your son uh, off to try and hunt and learn how to survive basically kratos doesn't think that he can survive by himself so kratos being a very stern father um takes him off to learn how to hunt properly 
and while out hunting, uh, they come across someone with godlike powers who tries to attack Kratos, and it kind of goes on from there. But it's just, it's really interesting, and I, you know, there's so many jokes about just him saying boy the whole time, and it is. It's mostly him just being like, boy, stop that, or don't do that. But it's a really nice story, I think, of being a dad um when it gets down to it there's some really sweet kind of moments especially with this really stern character uh and atreus and they're just really nice um it's also quite a nice linear game i think in a world where we have so many open world games and so much stuff to explore this although it has open sections and there is quite a bit to explore in areas it it doesn't feel so open and overwhelming like quite a lot of the areas you go through are have like set linear paths which is quite nice i quite like that sometimes yeah i know what you mean in a, in a world where we have like these giant games that you could sink like 100 hours into sometimes it's it's nice to be able to just be like nope this is the way i'm going and this is the only way that i can go yeah and i think sometimes those these games are easier to get into the story of them because they're so concentrated because you just kind of go through the story quite linear, like linearly, linearly, terrible word, but you can't get sidetracked with lots of stuff, if you know what I mean, and forget what actually you were supposed to be doing and what the whole point of this quest is. And yeah. you're like, oh, the, the thing is invading. We've got to go there really quickly. And it's technically like three days later because you've gone off and done like five side quests in between. <laughs> you can't do that. It's more like, go here, do this thing. Um, I've spoken a bit about some of the characters in it before in our merchant episode i talked about brock and sindri um and all the characters and stuff in this are really cool um so brock and sindri are one of them they're just fun fun characters and weird characters um there's some more in there but i think one of the really cool things about god of war it not only looks really nice it's really well made um and the world is very beautiful the entire game is done in a single shot there's no camera cuts there's no loading screens or fade to black um between gameplay and cutscene it's done in a very clever way where you never, unless you fast travel somewhere, you never have a loading screen. You mm-hmm. literally just walk through all these areas. You can have a cutscene and then just jump back into it, um, which does a lot to kind of help you get really, really immersed. Um, and it does, I think the loading quite clever. I think there's something to do with most areas you enter through like narrow passageways or caves. And it does some cool loading things where it's like, as you walk through that kind of smaller condensed area, it kind of loads stuff in front of you, but yeah. you can get into technical stuff, but it just looks cool. Um, and it goes a long way to help make it feel really nice. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, it's it's one, I think I played, it's one of those games where I think I played like a half an hour of it once, mm-hmm. uh, like someone's copy in it. And I did really enjoy it. And it's one that I've been meaning to dive back into one day because it does look really, really interesting. And I, I like the visuals, but also the story between like the father and the son and everything it does seems very cool and i i like i like norse mythology and that side of things so yeah i definitely i think i'll check that out in the future maybe that'll be a one that i can play this year yeah definitely there's a female character in there i think you'll like um i think you'd cosplay uh you'd enjoy cosplaying her what's her name uh freya or witch witch. oh she's a witch well i i I, um that's why i picked her for you (laughs) because i'm a witch she's very cool no yeah i thought you'd like her she's very um she has a warthog yeah she's she's very similar to um what's her name um like 
Hena, uh, uh, Helna, Suna Sacrifice, Senna Sacrifice. Oh. It's, she feels kind of like that in the way that she's got like lots of crazy so, hair and that's yeah. it. They're kind of set in the same world. Actually, there's a fact. You know what I was saying about the single shot, no camera cuts? Um, Hellblade is the other, only other game to do that single shot thing. Oh, cool. Which is interesting. Um, but yeah, so a couple of facts um, that I had. I didn't have loads of this, um, but it is the first game where... Uh, Terence T.C. Carson doesn't voice Kratos, and instead he is voiced by our good friend Christopher Judge oh, from Stargate. Yes, I did know that, and every time I hear it, if I forget, you know when you hear a fact mm-hmm. and you're just like, that just, that's amazing. I love um, Christopher Judge. Yeah, and the voice that he does, the deepness of Kratos, and it just sounds so good. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Christopher Judge is, is Tilt from Stargate. Yeah. Uh, but he does a really good job in this game um he does that was, that was good i think they felt like it felt better yeah um Amazing. so my only other fact is before they settled on norse mythology they thought about doing it in egyptian mythology instead as a new setting oh. instead of greek which would have been really cool um but they said they thought the norse kind of felt more natural for kratos um and fits like what they can do for that character which i think does work he does look like a crazy big viking creature in this game it does fit him um but yeah egyptian would have been cool i do like egyptian mythology i um that's really made me think because that sounds amazing but also we don't have hardly any games that are set in egypt i've just realized i want more egyptian games think about how cool an egyptian horror game would be think like mummy the mummy meets like this kind of shit like how cool would that be i'm i'm calling out to any developer right now make a cool fucking egyptian game whether it's just an exploration egyptian game or a cool horror game where you get like killed by by big mummies or something i don't know but i I want something yeah yeah i think i am i think the only game i can name right now that's egyptian based is one of the assassin's creed origins is set in egypt oh is it oh fuck all right then uh (laughs) well that's fine because i think I think, or is it Odyssey? No, it's Odyssey, Odyssey is Greek, and then Origins is Egyptian. Well, maybe I'll just go by that because I feel like I need to go to Egypt now. Apparently, it does actually weirdly a weird fact I know about that game, Origins, is that um, it has lots of nice, cool facts in it about um certain artifacts that you can find in the game that teach you a little bit about Egyptian mythology as you go through cool. in Origins. Weird thing I that mean, I know about that game. Maybe Prince of Persia. Oh no, that's Persia. Yeah, it's Middle Eastern. It's kind of a closest <laughs> in, in the sand. <laughs> it's like maybe Prince of Persia is in Egypt. Oh no, oh, that's Persia. Maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad to know that there is a game out there because yeah. I just but I fucking love Egypt and Egypt. I still think uh, you're onto something with a mummy game. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. Can imagine you could yeah. play as a character kind of like what's his name, Brendan Fraser. I mean, there probably is a shitty mummy game for PS2. Maybe we should play it. Maybe we yeah, should play it on our Patreon. All right, done. That's a new one coming up. Um, but anyway, uh, God of War is a fantastic game. It's my number two. Amazing. Awesome. Well, let's go on to my number two then, which right. is got another two in the name. It was also a game that I said I was looking forward to in 2020, which is The Last of Us 2. Nice. 
So The Last of Us 2 came out this year. Uh, it's an action adventure game developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, Entertainment for the PlayStation 4 only. It is set five years after The Last of Us, the original, which came out in 2013. Um, in this one, so, oh, okay, I'm going to premise this. I'm not going to give any direct spoilers. I might give a bit, obviously a bit of information about how the game works, but I'm not giving any storyline spoilers, so, so don't panic, everyone. It's fine. But if you really don't want to hear anything about the game, then skip or something. Anyway, but don't worry, no spoilers. So you play as Ellie, who's off on kind of like a journey, Best, best spoiler way I can say that and also <laughs> Abby who is a soldier who becomes involved in like a conflict with with a cult and uh yeah as I said I can't like tell you anything about the story directly because I know you haven't played it yet yeah but it's a fantastic game it's it's just it's so hard for me to put into words like how how much I had fun with this like I love the last of us games anyway I loved the original so much I loved the characters, the way it was done, just and everything about the storyline with the with the zombies. Well, I say zombies, like, like you know, they, they use the sort of cordyceps virus is a is a really interesting plot line that it was it was kind of like more based in real world, the fact that, you know, it's like fungus. Um and this one, I know it had a lot of controversy in, in the beginning, and we'll get to that, but honestly, like the way that it kind of challenges typical video game narrative in this one was one of the reasons why I loved it so much. It really, it plays with your emotions in a way that it, it, it just doesn't, you don't know what to think sometimes. And mm. it challenges these sort of normal game narrative tropes that you typically see. And it, it makes, it turns you around in ways that you, you weren't even expecting. And you go on this ginormous emotional journey with the characters and you know you, you've seen Ellie grow up effectively, which is something amazing in itself. And so you already have this real attachment to her and what she wants to do, and obviously Joel as well. But it is more her journey in this one, which I think is was always going to be the, be the way. It was always going to kind of go go to Ellie, which is cool because she's such a badass character now, and and she she was already a badass character, but now she's kind of like become, you know, she's herself badass. a woman. She's aged. She's yeah. Yeah, she's even more badass than, than she was when she was a kid. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. And, you know, there's sort of romance involved for her as well, which is nice. But as I said, it's just a fucking emotional, emotional journey. But it's it, it was very good. Yeah, I've heard lots and lots of good things. I think pretty much everyone I know who has played it and played the original one as well has just said how much they enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, a sequel is always going to be tough. Like, people yeah. are always going to have qualms. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think some people go, oh, but, you know, it's... Some people want it to be so similar to the original, but then yeah. also so different, but then can't get it when, you know, there's dramatic storyline plots that kind of then drive the story somewhere else. Like, mm. it frustrates me because some people just sometimes just don't like when certain things happens in games but the thing is it's it's the prerogative of the maker of the game to do these things you know some people didn't like the fact that you were playing as ellie but like who cares like you didn't have any choice over the last of us original how that was going to play out so why do you think that you have a kind of uh, you know response not responsibility but uh, what's the word i know what you you what mean like that? you have yeah like you have uh sway over how that they how they go with this like mm. you have an expect like and i think the problem sometimes comes from sequels is just the 
people just get an idea in their head of how they want it to go. And when it doesn't hit that, they're disappointed. But at no point did they promise you it would go that way. There was never any like description like this is where the story is going. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's just it. it's just people's expectations for themselves have just said, you know, yeah. they picture it in their mind of how they want it to go. And then when it doesn't go that way, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that can mean that people don't enjoy it as much. And that's like, hey. It's the thing, like, with the reason why these games are so good, these narrative-driven movie games, is because you have no control. And that's what makes it so fantastic, because, you know, you kind of want to be shocked. You want to be like, well, what the fuck's going on? Like, that's because that stirs a reaction in you. And yes, I'm not saying that you have to do shocking things to make a successful game, but if it's part of the plot and it's something that they've done... You may not like it, but that's the story. Like that is the story that has come into you. And mm-hmm. and I there's one reason as well why apparently why I think that the reviews were so bad and so early on as well was potentially because of review bombing, because it basically got to 3.4 out of 10 on Metacritic. So quickly, people were just out of the door saying this this isn't good, this isn't good. People were putting out like basically leaking this the storyline i think the storyline got released before the actual game came out which was a big whole thing um and so people were just like oh my god this is shit this is terrible so people were just giving it bad reviews even though they hadn't even played it um and a lot of people were saying that you can't actually feasibly finish it in that time so you're clearly just read the plot leaks and gone no it's shit yeah and the thing is if i'd read the plot leaks i would have been like well this is you know shocking but i would have just been like well let's watch this unfold and see (laughs) see how they do this see what they do because there's a reason why they've done this and the reason was is because it took you on this fucking emotional journey that pulls at your heartstrings makes you cry um but it's so good yeah so good and i'm i'm dodging around the plot lines as much as i can i still don't know any more than i do which is which is great and i think from from what you know i know about it and stuff and the, the no real details but like you said like you're describing the way that they've told the story it definitely feels like they are trying something different which is really cool and it feels like they're leaning a little bit more into stuff like uh all the great tv shows that we've had over recent years and the writing how good the writing has been on some of those tv shows and i feel like uh you know this game uh, and the original one as well is trying to implement those things where it's like not every character is black and white like yes you're playing as one character doesn't mean they're a great hero doesn't mean stuff's always going to happen for them you know what i mean like not everyone you meet even though you know they're technically a friend is a is going to be great the whole time i think sometimes video game storylines can be a bit black and white especially with the way that they tell characters well, and the way the characters behave and i think the cool thing about the original last of us was that it broke that and it went you know what this isn't that this isn't that you know we're trying something different and it feels like from what i've heard and the way that you're describing it is that they've gone with this again and to a more extreme and trying to write more interesting characters more human characters in very crazy settings like mm. Um, well yeah you you basically nailed it on the head like it, it it brings in the question and challenges you to think that games aren't always black and white in the sense of who's the bad guy it makes you question that and it makes you think you know from it's you, you see from both perspectives you see from both point of views and you can kind of like it, it just cha- it, i think it challenges your perspective yeah. on how you are typically viewing things in video games as well and just in life like 
you know it, it kind of goes also to that brunt thing of just human savagery almost where you know if we were living in a post-apocalyptic world and you did have you know these sort of settlements of course you're going to assume that the other settlement near you that you know maybe you don't know you're going to be distrustful and they're going to be the bad guys to you but then the other people are going to be the bad guys to you mm. and it kind of brings into this whole thing of like questioning human morale and human emotion and and things like that and it just i've never seen a game nail it so much yeah um i, I can't yeah I, I don't know if i'm putting it into words very well but you no, also I nail it i think we've sort of summarized the, the awesomeness and you will play it soon i will it. it's in my very soon list um i'm hoping to get soon. it soon. my soon list um yeah i'm hoping to get it really soon because it's definitely something that i will get through quickly so i don't mind bumping it up if you know what i mean above some yeah. other stuff so it'll probably be the next thing i do after maybe ghost but yeah i'm very excited to play it because it just seems really interesting um and like you said just something different yeah and it is a, it's one of those linear games that we were saying as well. Like it is, there is a little bit more exploration exploration than there is in the original. There are sections where you can do like little mini side quests, not long ones, just like some area based things where you can explore and, and, and go a little bit further. But generally it is a linear story. And I think that's why I quite enjoy playing it because although I would make sure I've seen all of the bits of area um, before I move on, it was generally f following this one path and, and it was quite nice to do that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a yeah. quick one. So awesome. Yeah, sounds great. Um, I got a couple of facts. Um, and one of them is about um, Abby. So I don't know if you've seen Abby. Mm -hmm. um, people didn't like her from the get go because they knew that you can you can play her. They didn't like the fact that you that you can play her. I don't know if you know. I'm sorry if I spoiled that. Um, they didn't like the fact that, that her physique. I don't know if you saw anything about that people I've heard were... a bit that people really didn't like the fact that she was muscly or like, no like so like... from the get-go everybody was questioning whether she was transgender which like is fine like if that's you know you want to ask that question but they did say that like no she's not transgender um you know they they kind of made her because they wanted to um well not challenge but sort of just input a different body type into a video game because yeah. you know they've they, it was um I think the person that made her as well was female, so I can't quite remember. But it was just, yeah, they just wanted to to increase the diversity and show that, you know, Abby is somebody that has just put a lot of time into wanting to just be a muscly, a muscly person. You know, she yeah. she's just spent a lot of time doing that and that's just her physique. You know, she may not be like your typical thing, especially in certain games that you see, you know, big tits, very like skinny. Like she's just, she, she could probably knock you out. Like, and that's cool. I like that. I like that we can have that diversity, but the annoying thing is, is it brings into question the fact that it's frustrating that we, we can't just have that without somebody being like, well, I don't like it. Yeah. And then also having to question, having to question if she's transgender or not, you know what I mean? Like mm. the fact that women just matter? can't be muscly you know yeah like when you think about people like ronda rousey and the mma fighters of the world like the women mma fighters of the world and stuff like that um mm. one of the characters on the mandalorian i can't remember her name but she's yes. like just a big mma fighter she's a muscly woman she bodybuilds like people like that exist mm. <laughs> they're not these fairy tale creatures yeah, it was frustrating as well because I think so, I read a comment that someone was like, oh, but she wouldn't have the time and resources to to get a body like that. And I was thinking like, 
Joe Joel is pretty like hench. Like Joel is 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 packing some muscles. Like I know he's a little bit older, but like you know he's he can do it. So like, why do you think that suddenly a woman cannot achieve achieve those kind of muscles? It, it's so yeah. frustrating, and I, was, I think it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just being like, I'm sorry. Like we were literally just talking about Kratos. Kratos is built like he lifts yeah. ten thousand giant things a day. Like, and no one ever questions his physique. Like. There are so many mm. characters, like no one questions um, Nathan Drake, like no. at all, and stuff like that. No one questions Tomb Raider and the fact that she's a very skinny woman who can hold herself up and well, throw herself it. around a building. You know what I mean? Like, sure. honest, oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, like with that great reference to like Lara Croft. Technically, if you actually did want to put a realism aspect to women in video games that are kind of like action adventure doing all that shit, they would have to be a hell of a lot muscular than what they are. It's just we have this predisposition thing to think that if you're a, if you're an action adventurer female in a video game, you have to be really skinny and have like non-visible muscles. Yeah. But actually, that's not the case. You'd actually have to be pretty pretty built. Yeah, you need some good strong muscles, or at least you'd be very lean. Like, yes, maybe you wouldn't, but you'd be very like lean and defined. You're not going to be the perfect, like almost not like you know, fitness model level kind of thing because it's just, yeah. And if you've got big boobs, they're just going to get in the way. Yeah, could strap those babies down, sports bras all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it's frustrating. It, it highlighted a lot of problems that I think we've still got in the yeah. video games industry with the fact that there is a lack of body diversity, but also if you try and put body diversity in there, everyone kicks off. Anyway, <laughs> um, unfortunately, sadly as well, Laura Bailey, who did actually, she played, well, she was the, the voice actor and mocap of Abby, became the target of a lot of online death threats yeah. in response to the character, which was frustrating because I think they were just annoyed at her general existence, but also her narrative in the in the game and things like that, which yeah. is stupid. Voice actors and actors are not the same as the fucking characters. It's just, no. anyway, the fact no, that anyone has to even that. say that is ridiculous. Yeah. A similar thing happened with uh, Brigitte from Overwatch, right? Her, yeah. her voice actress got how could people just didn't like the way that she was balanced in the game and it's like it's literally nothing to do with the poor voice actor she has it's no just, power over that i think that's the common misconception though about the industry is that you know not nothing against voice actors they do so much work about bringing these characters to life but actually they don't have much to do with the development and basis of the characters very often like often they're just brought in to kind of bring a bit of life to the games and, and act and you know slightly adjust the the dialogue a bit but actually when it comes to the way that they're represented the the writing the thing that they say the storyline the way that they you know any mechanics that they have literally have nothing to do with that voice actor no it's it's really awful yeah so stupid people being stupid yeah um uh it's a couple of facts for you the composer for the game gustavo santiala uh, can be seen apparently in a chair playing the theme on his banjo just after you leave ellie Ellie's and pet the dog. Honestly, I don't remember at what point that is in the game. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> what point that is. But I'm going to have to go back and have a look because he's a fantastic composer. I'll look um, out for I wanted to mention a little bit about just quickly the production so that this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Laura Bailey played the voice and did the mocap for Abby. Um, and similar to some of the other characters, Ashley Johnson was obviously the voice of Ellie, did the mocap. But some of the characters, their faces were designed from, from random people. So... Right. 
uh, I can't remember the other lady's name, but there is another lady who has, her face was taken for some else, different voice actor. Anyway, but the face of Abby was actually based on a, a woman called Joseline Mettler, who was actually a VFX artist who had um, worked for Naughty Dog at the time and was on a lunch break when she was approached by one of the game's concept artists and was asked if they could take photos for the potential game. Um, so her face is, is mad. She actually Twitch streams now as well. I've seen, I follow her on Instagram. Um, so it's just her face. It's not her body or anything. The body was based off of um, a CrossFit athlete, Colleen Votch, which again, body was based off of a real woman, a real <laughs> woman that exists in the world. It's not made up. Women can look like that. Um, yeah, so so that was cool. I, I like the fact that one, they used a CrossFit athlete, but also used a woman that works in video games. Nice. Yeah, I like it. It sounds cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's it, actually. Yeah, my last fact was just going to be the fact that um, Ellie's, likeness, Ellie's, Ellie's likeness was now based off of... Um, of Ashley Johnson, who was has always been the voice of Ellie mm. and everything like that, and the mocap and everything. But this time, they as, as she'd aged a little bit, they had uh, they've made her look a little bit more like Ashley Johnson, which is amazing. We've spoken about Ashley Johnson a lot on this podcast. Mm. We love Ashley Johnson. Yeah, she's a great actress. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's cool that they've kind of started to morph her, but um, into her and like the way they've aged yeah. Ellie from the pictures I've seen looks cool anyway. Yeah. So yeah, Last of Us Two, absolutely fantastic game, hundred percent game of of my year. Um, I would, to be honest with you, I'd make this top joint number one with my one, but just so happened that I just decided it was going to be here. Yeah. So. Oh, nice. Let's get into the number ones then. Yeah. So I think I we're think gonna have the same, same one. So <sighs> do you just want to do it together? Should we go like three, two, one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not, it's gonna be awkward. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. Three, two, one. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7 yeah. remake. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was going to be. I, I'm just going to play Beetle anyway. Oh! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we knew that this was going to be our uh, our joint number one from the love and the amount we talk about Final Fantasy. We have a whole episode on Final Fantasy characters. Um, we do. And the excitement that we had for this game, this one was always going to be our number one if it did well. It was a momentous release and a momentous year. Yeah, it was. Um I'll just do the description, but we can talk about in general. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it it's your one, so you, you take it. Thanks. Um, so it is is now an action role-playing game by Square Enix rather than a turn-based role-playing game. Oh, yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's basically the first in a series of games remaking the 1997 original, which seems like a really long, long time ago. Yeah, it is. It's a game we play as a mercenary named Cloud, Mr. Cloud Strife, Mr emo instagram himself um set in a metropolis place called midgar this i i think on like where i was reading this from wikipedia it's described as like a utopian or something cyberpunk like dystopian cyberpunk world yeah which felt weird but technically i guess it kind of fits uh, I, d I don't agree with that i don't think that we just need to don't, i just don't think that needed to be shared i yeah. think i saw that as well i don't yeah. like it just Midgar. I just changed it to Metropolis of Midgar because it's just yeah, Metropolis. all um, He basically joins Avalanche, who are an eco-terrorist group, and they're trying to stop Shinra, uh, who are a giant corporation. Think about what Amazon will be and Google in yeah. you know the old years, who are stealing the planet's life ess essence to use as energy. Shinra is basically Amazon. Yeah, pretty much. It's what Jeff and, versus and Donald Trump is the head of Shinra. Oh, right. <laughs> 
that gives oh, a good God. that gives yeah. a good picture i think yeah i think that well describes what shinra and the way they go through um and then you go on this this wonderful journey and obviously this is part one so we only got i'd say about one quarter maybe it's less mad. through yeah where it stops um interesting things happened though it feels and it's very different um really like obviously you go to the same locations as you do at the start of the game some of the main plot points are the same but they've changed a lot in the sense of like we were saying it's now an action role-playing game the combat system is very different um and there's open world sections which i never thought would happen i know yeah i i think i think they they did that's the thing. It's, it's one of those weird things. It's like you want to compare it to the original, but also like they had to make this whole new thing. And I really enjoyed like the little side quests and stuff. Mm. I I don't want to go too far into it yet because I know you're probably like steadily going through bits. But uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy the kind of added on sections because otherwise, like if you're going to take a quarter of a game, you, yeah. you need a bit more. Like I get I get why they split it into, into however many they're going to do it into. But yeah. I, yeah. I no, definitely. From when they were talking about it, it was like they were talking about the fact that they wanted to expand every single section. They really did. Like when you're kind of in the bottom section, like sectors of Midgar, like if you think about the original and I like, we won't really compare it, but it's quite a linear game, really. There's not that many places where you just openly explore something and go around talking to people. It's, yeah. Like there are bits of it, but it's not not like how we have now kind of thing so i think it's obviously a very normal progression to where it gets to i think for this yeah it it makes sense they basically had to put like the new final fantasy vibe onto an old game Mm -hmm. and uh and i i do think that they nailed it like i do and I, i look at all the places that they've reimagined and it felt like a dream world to me i absolutely adored it you know i look at in fact I think the way I described it before was I have this kind of like dream memory of, of places in Final Fantasy VII, like Midgar and like, I know we haven't got there yet, but like the Golden Saucer. And yeah. and when I actually look at it in the game in the original, I go, oh God, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah. But then you see it in the remake and you're like, this is exactly how I pictured it. Yeah. <laughs> and even I though you haven't seen it. That's always the things with um, all of these remakes. I think as well, you have this vision in your head of what something looks like or looked like back then even. Um, and it's so different to how it technically looks like when you go back and look at it you're like my god how do I even understand what any of this stuff is it's just a block Um, and then you have like the remake version you're like this is exactly how I pitched it already being so they did a good job of matching like you said those expectations I loved it and the music as well like seeing those seeing those scenes and those moments and having that music it's I I can't say anything other than it just made me feel very warm and fuzzy Mm -hmm. yeah I think it definitely captures that feeling of old stuff but new stuff like it has that nostalgia aspect to it but it does feel new enough that it doesn't feel like you're just repeating the same stuff yeah um and like you said the music i mean it's done by nobu umatsu so it was always going to be fantastic right i i'm wondering like if i shouldn't i'm just now contemplating just replaying it to be honest because i played it when it first came out and and it was like gold dust i remember i didn't i didn't want to go too fast i didn't want to like rush through it and so i was trying to like do it piece by piece and i wasn't sure like how far i was getting or like what bit i was going to be at next but i really just think that for anyone that played the original final fantasy 7 i i just think that it was always going to be a treat like 
no matter, no matter what they did later on, which I'm sure we'll get into a discussion on in a minute, it was always a massive treat just to be able to see something like that become become what it is. Like we always wanted it. Like everybody always discussed about Final Fantasy VII Remastered. It was always it was always a myth, wasn't it, for a really long yeah. time. And they were actually planning it for a really long time. I, yeah. think, I don't have that as a fact, but I think I remember reading that. Thousand, um, I think they first said they yeah. wanted to remake it, which is only like really three years after. They, but I think they said that they couldn't, could they? they? They didn't have the resources. No, I don't think at that point, I don't think they were doing great in terms of money because obviously they were still Square at that time. They weren't Square Enix, Squaresoft. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and they hadn't just made anything that big. And I think they, sh- they were right to hold off because the technology and the stuff they can create now is so different to what they would have been able to make in 2000. And the difference would have been that much back then. But now yeah. it looks like worlds away from the way that they look when you compare them yeah but no i i just warm fuzziness mm-hmm. beautifulness i love it it's just great i know what you mean though i really want to replay it i keep saying i'm going to do it in hard mode um and see if i can get through it and do it a challenge yeah. challenge kind of way like now i've done it and i was the same as you i kept on not wanting to play it sometimes because i was like oh i need to do every last little little quest and little thing because you want to like absorb every little yeah. bit of it I think as well that was because we knew that there was no, we had no idea and we still have no real idea when we're going to ne- get the next bit. No. It's just so, me. Yeah. That's just like, that's just like that person that just doesn't call you back. Like <laughs> you go on a day and everything's going like super well and everything's like fantastic. And you're like, oh, this could be the one. And then time. they fuck off and then you don't get anything back from them. Yeah, and then suddenly right. they'll appear in a month's time at 2am and be like hey i'm back with part two and you're like fuck i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this all over again aren't i you're just gonna leave me again at the end with <laughs> but nothing. Care, it's so good i'm gonna go back for more <laughs> that is a perfect description of what this game is gonna do to us and it's gonna do it to us a couple of times it's no. not just gonna be that we get the next one and that's it we're gonna have to we're, do this we're gonna I, fall for it every time at least three to four times yeah, I reckon uh, by the time by the pacing that they're going on, I reckon it's going to be four games at this point. Probably. Um, did they did they even continue making it? Like, have they? Did they? That's one thing that I I didn't know. Like, did they just sort of do all of this production and then stop, or have they like have they almost kind of made the whole thing and they're I just mean, biding their time? I definitely know that they've started the second one. I think they started it pretty much as soon as they finished slash. At the same time, they were going with the this one, so okay. I know that it's definitely undertaking, and they've said the wait will not be as long. Um, they'll try and keep it to a minimum the time between them. So I think it will be, uh, like I reckon twenty twenty two we'll get one. Yeah, I think we'll start hearing about more of it this year. Oh, kind yeah, of thing. I love it next year. I know. I, really I mean, I could be wrong. They could be further ahead than that, but. Um, I know they're definitely trying and also the fact that it did well will help because they'll be able to get more people more time more people working on it um, I would assume slash hope so because they were still hiring people quite late into making so I think they were still mm-hmm. building up the team and stuff um, while they were making the first one so I'm hoping now they've got some money from the sales of it because it did well that it will love yeah, I think it's just like yeah, I, I to be honest, I have absolutely no idea what they're doing, but I'm gonna trust them unwillingly, like I trust them with this. But can we can we talk about 
the, the I mean, we're okay. We're not going to do any spoilers. I'm going to no. say this: we've spoiled the whole fucking game in other episodes. There's no point. I mean, if you haven't played the remake by now, you're probably not that into it. So, obviously, in the Final Fantasy VII games original, Ares dies. That's yeah. the thing that happens. Everyone knows it. It's all in in the media, like for for like twenty years. Yeah. Um, in this game, they do a really weird thing where they start to introduce these things called the whispers, whisperers, whatever the fuck they are. Time ghosts. Yeah, and to be honest with you, when that started happening, I was like, "All right, you've just got you're adding in something here. Fine, like I'll, I'll okay." And as you know, as it starts going on, they're still happening. You're thinking, "All right, okay." And then it gets towards the end of the game, and then effectively you're you're learning that these things are trying to keep you on the right path, on the, the original narrative path of the game. And what you effectively do is jump out of that. So, so Square Enix have basically allowed it so that they can change some plot parts of the game in the future. Yeah. In a very kind of cool, mm-hmm. again, asshole, one night stand kind of way yeah because they're coming in with like your favorite original game and they're saying this look at all this this is all the same this is what you wanted this is what you wanted oops yeah i'm taking it away it's still kind of the same but it's not exactly what you wanted you know and uh and that's frustrating for me i trust them i'm sure they're going to do a good job but it does fill me with some kind of like unease so I'm I'm in camp and I think you know this a little bit because we've spoken about this I'm in camp I'm so happy they're doing this because we still have the original game that's never going to be taken away from us we're always going to have the original Final Fantasy 7 and I think if this game was literally just like scene for scene word for word exactly the same as the original I would get so bored and I think so many other people would be as well because mm. essentially you can still play the original like yes okay the graphics are different but the story is always still there and i think what i really like the fact that they're doing is this will mean that they're kind of playing a little bit more to the fans of the original rather than new people it's like you are going to be shocked at some point during this game just like you were when Aerith originally died like the fact that Aerith dies is just a bit meh now you know what i mean like when you see the scene of her dying now you get a bit emotional, but you don't really care anymore. It's not like, you know what I mean, though? It's not like when you Seth first Heartless. it. Seth's <laughs> over You're the same, right? Like when you Your do... death bores me, woman. <laughs> Just get on with it. I'm done with it. But you know what I mean? Like, for you as well, like, does it really hit the same as when you first oh, saw it? I, it can't I, I think... No, it can't do because we're expecting it. And I get what they're trying to do. This is the thing, like, I, I, it's hard because I get it. Like, I get what you're saying. I completely understand. I think it's just one of those things that, like, I will just accept. Like, I will just be like, okay, cool. I see what you're doing. The only thing that I worry about is if they're going to kill off somebody that doesn't die. Like, I don't care if they save Aerith. Like, to be honest with you, I would actually quite like it if they do it so that she stays living. Yeah. I just don't want them killing anyone else off. Like, I will probably scream. Anything else I can probably deal with. I'm not sure how I feel about this whole Zack thing because I feel like if anyone knows a little bit of lore about like Final Fantasy VII, um, especially things like Crisis Core, about Zack, who is basically like Eris' ex-boyfriend, like he he dies in, in, in like canon or whatnot. And it seems like he might be alive in this, which I just find like completely fuckery. But 
it depends. Like, like I said, I'm I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be like sitting in the audience in the cinema seat, like, okay, go on, bring it, bring it. But mm-hmm. I'm very it's just that whole nervous thing. Like I it's but then it's me. I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change. So for me, like I'm always gonna struggle. But the thing is, as we were saying with The Last of Us, I'm not gonna contradict myself. You can't have a go at them for making the game and doing something that you didn't like. Like yeah. you're consuming that media. Like you have no say. You haven't, you know, yeah. you haven't done true. the yeah yeah like how boring must you it be for these old because it's the same like they've managed to get quite a lot of key old members of staff returned to make this game like how bored must they would they be if they were just like you have to make the exact same game you made in 1997 again no changes yeah nothing like and as a writer you'd just be like fuck this why 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 bring me on then just reuse the one i've already written um and i and i can totally see that as a creative like it would just be so boring to just remake the same thing again. It's You'd be better off just giving it to a fan company and letting them make it rather than giving it to the original people who made it in the first place. So uh, I can totally see, like you said, it's just... Um, yeah, like, and I do, I do kind of understand why people would be annoyed at the same time. I'm just like, they've not taken anything away from you. Like I said, you still yeah. have the original. Just go play it. I- if you like the original better, play the original. You know what I mean? Like... I, I think to me, it's it's sunk in now anyway. I think like when I finished the game, I sort of did that awkward thing where I kind of like stood up and was just like, what, what, what just happened? You know, that kind of like moment of, of confusion. And, you know, I've sort of sunk in with it and and I've, I've let it sort of rest now. And I'm like, okay, like, okay. You know, I've accepted it. I'm in the state of acceptance. And uh, and I just look, yeah, I just look forward to it. I, I think it's one of those things where because you didn't expect it, like I never expected that to happen at the end. It was quite shocking to go, oh shit. Yeah. But then that's how they want it to be. They want you to be playing it and then turn around and be like, oh no. Yeah. You know, like that's what they kind of want to happen. And, you know, I think if someone told me like way before, I'd have been like, okay, but now I know what to expect. Now I'm not going into it being like, this is going to be exactly the same. I'm going to know that it's going to be more of like a, what is it? What's that word that they say when something isn't a direct remake? It's like inspired by. It's it's going to be like yeah. something inspired by. It's by another that, story within the the world, really. Like yeah. it will be those characters. It will be it's like the, the thing. It will just be. It's like the Back to the Future uh, alternative timeline. Like, yeah, that's so, true. You know that's what that's I mean? a nice way. To, oh, I'm going to think of it like that from now on. It is. It's the same people. It's just you're going to get a different ending. You're going to get a different journey for these people. And like you said, it's like you were shocked by it. And I think they did it quite a clever way in the sense of most of this game was the same. Like, you know, you went to the same places. You did the same kind of process and things like that the same main story plot points kind of hit. So they were kind of introducing this thing slowly. Like you said, they appeared and you went, hey, wait a minute, what the hell are these things? They didn't really do much. You were just a bit wary of them. And then obviously they kind of, it was more at the end that they revealed that actually this meant this was going to go in quite a different way maybe, or that this was open to go a different way. Um, So I think, like you said, they, they did it in a way that made you slowly become more comfortable with the idea of it rather than... If they just turn around and we'd be like, we're doing it, but we're doing a totally different thing. Um, in an incredibly meta way. I've never seen something so meta in a game where they basically tell you in the game as a part of the plot line that you, Cloud, and the crew 
are diverging and and i think yeah. that's really it's interesting it was very i've heard kingdom hearts not that i play kingdom hearts but mm. um yeah no it's 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 cool like it, it still stands as, as like my best game that i played this year and and it, it was it was epic but as i said it's just it's learning to realize that it's not going to be a complete and utter remake it's yeah. it's not that yeah yeah and that's the thing like it, it, but that's the kind of whole point of it it's made for you as an old final fantasy 7 fan um you know it's giving you a new experience with these characters that you really enjoy um mm. and i think that's kind of cool yeah um did you have any facts um yes i've got a lot apparently okay. do you want to do fact by fact you go, okay, fact, sure. I go fact um yeah i really got a couple of facts so i will do one and then you do one um so my one is so how do you say without it's difficult because without saying his name um the cat in this game who lives on top of one of the gold saucer creatures oh i think i've got this fact well i say it kate sith so so do I. I say Kate Sith, and I think that naturally is how you read that name because it's C A I T K mm. Kate, and then S I T H, which is Sith. If you know Star Wars, that's Sith. Um, apparently, his name is actually supposed to be pronounced Cat C or She. Sorry, Cat yeah. She, which makes no logical sense to me, um, <laughs> and it's sometimes spelt totally differently. Um, but apparently, it is an original like fairy creature from Celtic mythology. And is said to supposed to resemble a large black cat with a white spot on its chest. Legend yeah. has that the spectral cat haunts the Scottish Highlands. Um, and there's a few legends that go around this creature uh, in Scottish folklore and a few in Irish. But um, most of it says that it was not maybe not a fairy, but it could transform into a cat with like nine times and that's where the nine lives thing for cats comes from but it's really interesting i didn't realize it was ever based on anything i definitely didn't realize yeah. it was going to be kate she i mean do they in advent children do they ever say kate sith or I do they, they say? ever say his name i, I, can't... I guess <laughs> yeah we'll find out in the next one yeah because he's definitely in it so that was another like side attached fact to this one is that he appears in this first bit way earlier in the game than he ever does um in the original in the original he's only in gold saucer he first introduced but you know what? In- i i read that as well but i don't remember him appearing he was in like a cutscene. um i think it's oh, when it was the end, wasn't it towards the end when the thing comes down um you can see him watching yeah. it happen oh he just yes and watches it and comments i think he's like oh god and then runs off um, <laughs> yeah because then- i i in advent children i was like why the fuck is he scottish like where the hell is this coming from oh, yeah. and when i read that i was like this makes sense now like because it's the whole name is from scottish folklore so i, I liked that when i read that i was like okay i just thought they just wanted to give him like a scottish accent for no yeah. reason at all i've never connected that until you just said it but yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense now yeah Man. um yeah so that was my fact about kate cat see she <laughs> she okay my fact is that um is is about something that that terrifies us to our inner core that i can't remember what episode we spoke about this on uh <laughs> is is hell house oh god <laughs> so hell house was an enemy in the original game that was basically a giant house that you fight <laughs> which is, is ridiculous as it sounds um you would find it in random encounters it would be terrifying because you'd just be like i'm just walking along and suddenly whoa house um uh, but it was an evil house so yeah. i mean what's worse than that um, but they didn't know how to do it for this one because they were like, 
because normally in this one you you know in the old one you wouldn't see the enemies before it was just a random battle but in this one you, you do actually see them so that would have been a little bit random just this so, walking around <laughs> doesn't really make much sense it kind of takes you out of the, the seriousness of it all yeah so they had the idea to introduce the house in corneo's coliseum as an underground entertainment venue where you basically like have a gladiator ring um so they fitted in hell house in in a more of a normal way yeah, I like that they put him in here. He's just, it's such a weird enemy. And like you're saying with the original, he was terrifying because the music would be different as well because it'd be the more intense battle fight when you'd when you'd enter. Yeah. You yeah. know, there were two themes and you'd get this, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening? Who the shit is this house? Why does it want to kill me? Yeah, madness. Um. Anyway, yes, that was my fact. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go with one more fact. Um... So my next fact is um, the uh, voice, Japanese voice actors for Zach and Aerith, uh, Kenichi uh, Suzumura and Maya Sakamoto, um, are actually married and have been oh. married since 2011, which I thought was adorable. Yeah, I know. I, I think we, I swear I've had them before. I think that's so cute. Yeah, so I just cute. really liked that, that they were. It's a wholesome fact. Actors. It is. It's a- and I thought it ended on a wholesome fact. Speaking of voice actors, my fact is that apparently this is the second time that Sephiroth is voiced by someone who has played the role of Superman. Ooh. He's currently voiced by Tyler Hoechlin, who plays Superman in CW's Supergirl series. Um, and Sephiroth was apparently previously voiced, maybe in Aventure, I'm not sure what game or what game, maybe it was uh, the other one, um, voiced by George Newbern, who voiced Superman in the animated series. So Sephiroth is Superman. I mean, it just works. He's now yeah. also in um, Smash Bros. Yes, yes, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, my last fact is that there is an Easter egg in Seventh Heaven um, in the in the remake where basically there is a picture of the old Seventh Heaven apparently above the uh, a pinball machine. Yeah, oh, cute. Or somewhere in there, I think, yeah. I think that's where it is. But it's it's somewhere in there and I just thought that was really adorable. That is really sweet. Yeah, there was lots of little voice actory ones, um, things on this. But yeah, that's a really actual, like, within the game yeah. kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, so that is our joint number one, which I think is fair for the end of the year. We both, we liked our things. This year I've decided that we really like action and uh, adventure role-playing games. That's definitely a thing that oh. we play a lot of. Yeah, it does seem uh, like that. Yeah, but uh, that that was 2020. We have wrapped the fuckery up um, that is this year mm-hmm. and uh, we are going to put it in the bin. Yeah, We're going to take all of those amazing games and be like, thank you, you got us through and just put a middle finger up to 2020 and we're just going to look forward. That was a very big bit of thunder. Um, yeah, I was going to say, did you uh, that I well? guess 2020 is mad at me now. <laughs> For putting middle finger up to it. Thunderclap. Just being like, oh god. I Nikki guess I'm angry. Out now. 2020 wow. is like, Nikki, she's done. Get her out. That's it. I'm ending. <laughs> so it was nice knowing y'all. Yeah. Um anyway, yeah, like I, I think this was a nice way to wrap up the year. You know, it was a shit year, but we did get to play some some really good games, and we recommend all of these games on our lists. Definitely. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. good set of lists. Set of games. And I look I look forward to talking soon about um about what's what we're looking forward to to next year where we hope that all of our hopes and dreams come true. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be our next episode. We don't normally plan this far in advance, so I'm going <laughs> to 
take advantage of this just say that our next episode is going to be uh our games we're most looking forward to in 2021 yes. because the next time we're going to be doing this is going to be in 2021 oh, so man. this is the the final episode of, of the year we hope that you all have a a lovely new year's um it's not going to be ideal it's not going to be <laughs> A crazy one, but we hope that you guys like can have the heavens are opening right now. That you guys have a nice time in with family or whatnot, or play just playing games, like just just relax. Like yeah. no one needs to do anything crazy this year. Just stay safe. Just yeah. stay safe for the for the final period of this year because it's a shit show. Yeah, I heard a really good thing about it's like, yes, okay, some people may have conquered some stuff in 2020 and that's a big achievement. Also, if you did nothing this year, congratulations, you made it to the end of 2020. That, yeah, that was my Instagram story. In I didn't, that was not my quote, but I reposted that. Nice. <laughs> I will not take credit for that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a very it's a very good point like honestly if you've done if you've just survived if you've just made it if you're still here then fucking hell you've done it yeah you've congratulations it. Um, um i'm going to oh, we need to leave because it's uh it's getting uh i'm assuming that you're also getting this because you don't live far from me <laughs> the, the heavens have opened for you as well yep. 2020 is raging storms are a brewing <laughs> all right well um i guess we should we should do our thingies we should do our thingies. Um, if you want to see more about us and all our links to pretty much everywhere, uh, you can go to uh, gametill5.com. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> you can follow us on social medias as well, gametill5. And also, I'm plugging myself right now. Yeah, um, I do Twitch and I stream still. Not that much. Probably about two times a week. Maybe I try. Follow me at twitch.tv forward slash elite cat if you love me and you want to watch some game stuff. Yeah, it's always a good, fun time watching Mickey yeah. uh, run around the forest, mostly, which is always fun. Um, yes. Cool. All right, then. Well, we're going to end this before uh, I'm blown to smithereens by the lightning. <laughs> we're going to go batten down the hatches. Yeah. We will uh, see you guys <laughs> in the new year if we make this storm. <laughs> if we make it out alive. Mickey's enraged the heavens. I've got to go deal with it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.